Father, we uh, do thank you once again for the opportunity to celebrate, Lord, to stop and just celebrate the fact that you rose from the dead. And Lord, I know it's a significant event every day in our lives, not just one day a year, but it's good that we can set aside a time and focus on it. And Lord, remember that God, you gave everything so that we could have eternal life. And we know that it was sufficient because that tomb is empty. So I pray today that as we look at this and, and go over uh, this passage again, and Lord, I pray that it would impact our lives. Once again, it would just draw us closer to you, cause us, Lord, to want to know you more and want to fellowship with you more. So bless this time, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, maybe you were invited here today by someone and we want to welcome you. We're glad you're here. And hey, as we go through this, I know some of us, we're here and we don't believe in Jesus. We don't believe in a resurrection. And that's okay. We're going to try and convince you. We're going to talk to you about it and try and convince you. But here's the thing. For people who do not believe, I believe they have the same reason for not believing that some people have for believing. Some people say, well, I believe because I had this experience or I just feel like it. And it's funny, sometimes I'll ask people, why don't you believe? Well, because I just don't want to. Or I've had a bad experience at church or I had this. Listen, those aren't valid reasons either way. You need to believe in Jesus because you know and understand what Jesus Christ has done for you on the cross and what that means to you. Not just I feel something or I sense something or I experience something. You got to base it on truth. And I, I'm really bummed in our culture right now. We are drifting so far away from believing anything that's an absolute and a truth, and we don't want to state those things. I'm going to tell you this morning absolutely, Jesus rose from the dead. And, and listen. We have evidence of that. We're going to have testimony of that. We're going to look at that. But today we're going to look at a couple guys. Well, I say guys. It might be a man and a woman. So we'll, I'll try and say a couple, but I'll probably say a couple guys like a hundred times. But these people, there's a couple people walking along that, hey, they are bummed out. What has happened in their lives so far? They were following this one who they thought was the Messiah. They thought he was going to come and deliver Israel. They were pretty convinced of that. And then three days ago for them, three days ago, they looked and watched him die on a cross. He breathed out his last. He said, it is finished. There was darkness on the world for three hours. And then I believe all of those people, their hopes were crushed. And then just a couple hours ago for these guys, some ladies went to the tomb and it was empty. And now they're trying to process that. Again, pretend you don't know any of this and put yourself in their shoes. Like they're trying to process. What does that mean? These ladies came and said an angel talked to them. Hey, I think sometimes we read our Bibles and we think, well, in the first century, angels were around all the time. No, they weren't. That was a special event. Listen, man. And these ladies come back and they go, hey, these angels told us he's not here, he's alive. Yeah, sure. And we're going to find out they didn't believe ladies and because ladies didn't have credibility back then. Don't yell at me. Not me, it's the culture. And so they're not, and then, and then even on top of that, they say, and one of our guys went, and he saw the empty tomb also. And now these two are walking, 
their world's been turned upside down. They're going through a period of time where they have no hope, they're desperate, they're in, I would say, some kind of funk, depression, and they're trying to figure things out, and they're on their way home, they're on their way back to their city. It's not going well, and here's the thing, how can we find hope in the midst of hopeless situations? Listen, our world may get turned upside down. For most of us, it's been, it's been a weird year. Praise God we're here this year, not like last year, huh? But it's just been weird. Listen, and we look at things and we're saying, what's going on? And as long as you look at those circumstances and those things, here's what's going to happen. You're going you're to get desperate. You're going you're to go into despair. You're going to go into hopelessness. But when you look at Jesus Christ and what he's done, he brings you hope in the midst of horrible circumstances. So you've got these two guys, two people walking along, trying to figure it out, and it tells us in verse 13, now behold, two of them were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem, and they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was while they, while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him, and he spoke to them, and he spoke to them, what kind of conversation is, it, is this that you have with one another as you walk and are so sad? Listen, so I, w- I went down a little further because, hey, these guys are bummed. How do I know? Because it tells me Jesus is looking at them. Why are you so sad? Why are you so bummed out? Now, listen, I, I read this and most of us read this and, and obviously we know it was Jesus who came alongside, but they didn't. And they're bumming out and they're walking along talking and something I want us to think about and I want us to kind of think deeply about. You can believe in the resurrection and still not believe in Jesus Christ for your salvation. You can believe in an event, even have an experience about that event, but if that event doesn't change your life and point you to the person and work of Jesus Christ, that event does you no good. These, these two, they knew the tomb was empty. They have evidence that the tomb was empty. People came and told them the tomb was empty. And they're walking along and they're going, I wonder what that means, an empty tomb. They've been hanging out with Jesus. Listen, if anybody should know, they should have faith in this, right? And they're having this conversation. Now, here's what I love. And Jesus comes alongside. Isn't that amazing how gracious our God is? He comes alongside, doesn't knock their heads together. He comes alongside Dennison. He doesn't even expose and, and let them know who he is. He just kind of walks with them. He wants them to share their heart. Not so that he knows. He already knows what's going on. Because he already said, hey, what is this you're talking? I love that. What are you talking about? I would have said, if I were God, so I'm not God, I would have said, what are you guys talking about me? He says, hey, what is this thing you're talking about? And what's going on? And, and then I love this. And why are you so sad? Shouldn't they be happy? You know what sort of blows my mind is, is we celebrate this day. Some people call it Easter, and it's okay if you want to use that word and call it Easter. But it's the day Jesus rose from the, gra- from the grave, and it's a big celebration for us, right? Right, we're happy, right? Some. Wake back up. So it's a good time. Listen, man, and we're excited. Do you know the first Resurrection Sunday or the first Easter, not so much. Everybody's bummed out. 
Then you got the ladies, they can't figure out what's going on. Some angel told them something, they can't process that. They go back to the 12, Peter and John run to the tomb, right? And it says John believed, I'm not sure what he believed. Here's what I think, he believed the tomb's empty. Peter walked away, would like dumbfounded, and the others are still hidden in that room, freaking out about it. And I, I, even this morning as we were worshiping, I thought, those guys weren't worshiping the first Easter Sunday. They're freaking. And so these two are walking along freaking out. And Jesus is going, hey, what's going on? I just like that. And you and I need to draw from that. Listen, Jesus wants to know what, what's going on with you. He wants you to express and be honest with him what's really going on. A lot of us, listen, a lot of us, we try and hide things from Jesus. You know, you can't hide stuff from God. God knows everything. I love to encourage people. What is there you can't tell a God who knows everything? Because whatever you tell him is not going to shock him. So have a, have a relationship with him. Get involved with him. So Jesus says, what is this you're talking about? And then, and then I love, we find out one of their names, right? Verse 18 says, then one of those whose name was Cleopas answered and said to him. Now, here's the thing I believe. I believe Luke got his information either from Cleopas or maybe the person with Cleopas was his wife. If you do a study through the book of Luke, you'll understand Cleopas was married to Mary, one of the 25 Marys in the first century, right? But his wife, Mary, and here's, here's what sort of blows my mind, thinking about Luke, thinking about the person who wrote this down. He didn't know what was going on on that road. He couldn't have been there. He wasn't an apostle. There were three people on that road, Cleopas, whoever's with him, and Jesus, how can Luke give us certain insights about it? Someone had to tell him. And maybe it was Cleopas or maybe it was his wife. Maybe Mary was with him. But he got this information. Listen, this was fed to him. He recorded it. And this guy named Cleopas, listen, it says that, that he answered and said to Jesus in the middle of verse 18, are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? And have you not known these things which happened there these days? Listen, he's blown away that somebody wouldn't have known even before all the social media stuff we have today, right? Something happens, and with an instant, the whole world knows. Sort of blows my mind. Even people will come up and say something to me, and I'll go, how'd you know that happened in my life? Well, somebody put it on social media someplace. And instantly, people know. So here's what he's saying. How could you not know this? It's been on Facebook. It was on Instagram. Everybody's talking and tweeting about it. It's out there. How did you not know that? Are you the only? Don't you love that? Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem that doesn't know what happened? And can't you, can't you kind of, can't you kind of picture Jesus having to like pull a hoodie over and snicker like, oh, you're so, I'm going to so blow your mind. But that's, that's just how I go. And listen, man. He, he's talking to this guy, and this guy's going, are you the only one who doesn't know? You want Jesus to, at this point, say, let me tell you exactly what happened. But listen, and then he goes on, and he begins to explain it to Jesus in verse 19. And, oh, first Jesus, right? And Jesus said to them, what things? I love that, right? So they said to him, now both of them are involved in the conversation, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how the chief priests and our rulers delivered him to be condemned to death and crucify him. Listen, man, they knew exactly who he was, but they still hadn't put their faith in him. They still hadn't completely embraced him and believed him. 
They could explain, he's Jesus of Nazareth. He was a prophet. He was a good man. And then, listen, and then here's the thing that blows my mind. Verse 21, and we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel. Indeed, besides all this, today is the third day since these things happened. Wow. Shouldn't have that set off something in their brains? Shouldn't the moment they said, and this is the third day, shouldn't have, you know, that, that light bulb or the ding, 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 ding that goes off when all of a sudden you realize, wait a minute. And the reason I emphasize that, look at these. You can look these up later. Look at how many times Jesus said they're going to, I'm going to be betrayed. They're going to crucify, they're not crucified. Sometimes he said crucify, but they're going to condemn me. And then on the third day, I will rise again. How many times did he do it? Listen, we've got several, some of these are repeated, but you know, you've got at least, listen, you've got at least five times that Jesus told his disciples that. And these guys knew that in the minute when they said, and this is the third day, they should have gone ding, 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 ding. Oh, yeah, he said something about that. Yet they don't. And so they're going, listen, man, this is the third day. And then, and then even this part, right? This is the third day, verse 22. Yes, and certain women from our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body. They came saying they had seen some vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as, a, just as the women had said, but him they did not see. Again, all of that should say, wait a minute. We need to know our Bible. We need to know our Bible so we can know our God. Listen, I, I know sometimes at, at, at Calvary we're accused of worshiping the Bible. We don't worship the Bible, we worship the God of the Bible. But how can I know God if I don't know him as he's revealed himself in his word? And these guys are blowing it big time because they didn't pay attention to the word while it was there. And so now, man, listen, they're bummed out. I think they're kind of depressed. And have, have you noticed how they're like picking at things to stay uh, depressed? Have, have you noticed when people are real depressed or maybe you're real depressed, how resourceful you can get to stay in that funk? Like somebody brings something up, no, 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 no. And, and you get super, and here's these guys. Well, you know what, don't, man, we're bummed. It's the third day, and these women came, and they said they saw some kind of angel, and then other guys went, and the tomb's empty, and it's the third day, and the tomb's empty, and it's the third day, and the tomb's empty. <laughs> Think about what you're saying. So, listen, they knew the tomb was empty, but they didn't really know Jesus. Now, here's where, this is, this is where, man, I just love this part. Verse 25, then Jesus said to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Listen, I don't think he said this, I don't think he said this in a mean way. I don't think he said this in a demeaning way. I believe he said this in a, in a very compassionate way. And I believe, listen, I believe that old foolish ones, I, be, I believe that's a phrase, listen, of compassion, not a phrase of condemnation. But listen to what he says. We don't believe in Jesus or the resurrection or those things, not because of an intellectual issue. It's never an intellectual issue. It's a volitional heart issue. What does he say? Your hearts. 
He doesn't say your minds. He doesn't say your intellect. He says your hearts. The problem is your heart. And he says, listen, he says, you're slow of hearts to believe all that the prophets have said. And then it says, listen, ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and then enter into his glory? Man, as we think about this, listen, as we think about this, those verses I put up, I'll talk about the third day. These verses all talk about the suffering. He wasn't, listen, Jesus didn't hold that back from him. And he told him over and over and over. And so he says, why wouldn't you understand that? Because issues your heart, not your intellect. Intellectually, you know. But in your heart, you're not believing. So here's what he says. I love this. And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them all the scriptures concerning these things and, and uh, cons- all the scriptures concern, uh, I'm sorry, he expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. So here's what he does. I believe, man, I believe this had to be the greatest Bible study ever. Can you imagine just walking along and having a Bible study with Jesus. And it says, listen, man, he started with Moses. What is he saying? He started in the beginning and went all of the way. And listen carefully. It says he expounded the scriptures. What does that mean? That means he opened up the scriptures. Again, one of the, one of the biggest fears I have, you know, it's, it's weird. I used to hear old guys say this, and now I'm an old guy saying this. Is that, and I see it in this movement we call Calvary Chapel. I see a lot of the young guys drifting away from expounding the Word of God. And they're getting into teaching experience, they're getting into being good motivational speakers, all of those things. Listen carefully, that doesn't change lives. What did Jesus do? He expounded the scriptures. He opened up the scriptures and he expounded the scriptures beginning with, this is beginning with Moses. Think about, think about, man, when I read this, I just think, of, I just, you know, kind of get a, 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 you know, a picture in my mind of all these scriptures going by, right? Genesis chapter three, with the very, very first prediction, right? He talks about Eve and what she did and he says, you will have a seed and, and the Satan's seed will, will uh, strike at the heel of your seed, but your seed will crush his head and there's that prediction how about later on when when abraham's up on the mountain with his son and he tells his son he's there to sacrifice and he says son god himself will provide a sacrifice how about exodus and the blood on the doorpost are are you kind of getting this and then all of leviticus the book we all love to read but all of the leviticus jesus would open up and talk about how that exactly pointed to him psalm 22 talking about being poured out psalm 118 the the stone the builders rejected Isaiah 50 52 53 and then he'd move into Daniel and then he'd probably end it with Zechariah and I'm going man what a Bible study and Jesus would lay all that out for them and uh, hey it was funny I was reading one of the commentaries and this guy's a good solid conservative commentary guy and he says and Jesus did that from memory without you know without scrolls I, I read that and I went, you're kidding. Like, you didn't just say that, did you? I, 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 like, I wanted to call the guy and say, uh, Jesus wrote the book. 
He didn't really need scrolls. I mean, I'm thinking, really, that's, that's what you got out of that? That he did it from memory? I'm thinking, it's his book. And Jesus, listen, and I'm, I'm camping here for a moment so we can understand the thing that opens up truth to us is the truth. And we've got to get into the truth of the word of God. And we have to be people who, listen, embrace it. One person said it this way. I think they said this. This is great. He said, human knowledge must be understood to be believed, but divine knowledge must be believed to be understood. Oh, that's, that's powerful, huh? When you think about it, wish I would have said that. I was gonna take credit for it, but I figured somebody would know. But listen, man, this person said that. So, hey, he opens this up, and then, and then check this out. It says, listen, and he, and he did that in verse 28. Then they drew near the village where we were going, or where they were going. I guess I was with them, but where they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone a little further. So get this picture, man. They're walking along, and they finally get, and they get close to their house, and Jesus says, okay, see you guys. I, I hope you enjoyed the Bible study, right? And he's gonna go a little bit further. And then here's what blesses my heart. Listen, but they, in verse 29, they constrained him, saying, abide with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is far spent, and he went in to stay with them. I get this picture that they're like dragging him in. Come on, stay. But I want us to understand something. Jesus is not going to come in unless you ask him. He was going to go on by. And it's powerful to me that I, these guys didn't just ask him. I get this picture like, come on. And he's going, no, I really need to go. No, come on. And they get him in there, and then, listen, then they have a meal. And it came to pass in verse 30, as he sat at the table with them, and he took bread, and he blessed it, and he broke it, and he gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished in their sight. Woo, yes. Now, a lot of people get into the, he broke bread, and it was communion, and he was, there wasn't communion. They were having a meal together. That terminology is very common terminology just to share a meal. So how did, how did their eyes open? How did they recognize him from breaking bread? It wasn't, oh, he breaks bread in a certain way, just right. How did that happen? Was it, did they see the marks in his wrist? I don't know. It doesn't tell us, right? But here's what I know. Now they know it's him. And then here's what I love. When they know it's him, what happens? I don't know how he vanished, but he vanished. To me, vanish means poof. And I'm, in, I, so I'm, I'm like reading this and I'm going, wow, that would be heavy. And then they look at each other. It's not over yet. Look, they look at each other and they go, that was weird. <laughs> and they said to one another, verse 32, did not our hearts burn within, within us while he talked with us on the road? Listen. And while he opened up the scriptures to us, it's not the experience of seeing the empty tomb that changed them. It was the fact that the word of God was opened up to them. And they're going, didn't that happen? Wasn't that like the best Bible study? I gotta think these two Never went to another Bible study because who else could teach them the Bible like Jesus taught them the Bible, right? I mean, you go, I, I think if they went to another, you know, they went to church after a while, well, you know, you're good, 
but man, Jesus, he can teach the Bible. Maybe they even would say, you're no Jesus. <laughs> that would be hard, wouldn't it? I mean, come on. We don't, I don't, that's where my mind goes. Like, wow, could you ever go to church anyplace? But listen, in our hearts, listen, what changed them? Truth. Truth is what changed them. And we desperately need that more today than ever before. We need to be people who we know the truth, we stand on the truth, we're faithful to the truth. And then, and then, they rose up, I love this man, they rose up that very hour and they returned to Jerusalem and they found the 11. Hey, these guys had just walked seven miles, they sat down, started a meal, Jesus shows up, now they know it was Jesus, he vanishes, and they get up and they go seven miles back to Jerusalem. That's pretty crazy, right? I mean, they're walking, they're not, they're not driving, they're not taking the bus, they're not bicycling, they're walking, they go back seven, and it says, listen, man, they went in, and it says, and then, and then they went in and found the 11 in the, verse 33 in the middle. It says, and those who were with them gathered together saying, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. So listen, they walk in the middle of a conversation, and everybody's going, woo, yes, he has risen indeed. And he showed up to Peter. He showed up to Simon. And they're kind of celebrating that. And these two guys go, you, yeah, well, you know what? And they told him the things that had happened. Can't you hear him? Yeah, well, you know what? Maybe he showed up to Peter, but he gave us a Bible study. We went all the way from Moses all the way to through the prophets. And that's what we got on the way. Don't you know how excited everybody is? You guys are not so much, but they were very excited. Listen, man, they can't believe what just happened. And so they're sharing that, and they're telling them, and, they, and then how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, I love this, man, Jesus stood in the midst of them and said, chill out. That's peace to you. Listen, man, Jesus shows up. They're freaking out. Does that sort of blow your mind? Number one, he showed up. To, what, what are they discussing? Think about, what are they discussing? He's alive. He's really alive. We just had a meal with him. We just broke bread with him. Peter just spent some time with him. And a lot of people go, when did that happen? It happened sometime between when Peter saw him and walked away, or saw the empty tomb and walked away, and this event. Sometime Jesus appeared to Peter, and I think that was a special, a special, special time for Peter. But listen, man, everybody's talking about Jesus being alive. He shows up in the room, and they're going, Right? I mean, here's what I'm thinking. It's crazy in the New Testament how they're just like us. Right? Remember when they were praying for Peter to get out of jail? Lord, please get Peter out of jail. Please get Peter out of jail. And Peter knocks on the door. Rhoda answers the door. Uh, wouldn't you hate that? That's the time your name gets recorded. They couldn't have said any young lady. They had to say Rhoda. Right? Other times they, and I'm thinking, so she answers the door. It's Peter. Boom, slams the door and goes back. And the people go, no, it can't be Peter. What were you just praying? Sometimes we pray with great unbelief, and God answers anyway. So listen, man, now they're freaking out, and he says, peace be with you. That's chill out, right? And how do I know they were afraid? The next verse, 37, but they were terrified and frightened and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands, my feet, that it is I myself. Handle me and see, 
For the spirit does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. And then he, he, and when he said this, he showed them his hands and his feet. And while they still did not believe because we're hard-headed, they did not believe this time for joy and marveled. He said to them, hey, you guys got any food? Give me some food and I'll eat it and I'll prove it to you. Wow. So let's think about this. These guys went from despair, dismay, to great joy. What changed? Their hearts. Their hearts changed. Hey, the tomb was empty when they started. The tomb is empty when they're done. The fact that Jesus rose from the dead didn't change from when they started this journey to Emmaus to when they came running back. What changed their hearts? And that is what all of us should have in common with them that we have a savior who is risen. God is still on his throne. Jesus is alive today. Isn't it a great thing that we don't have some monument or some tomb or something to go to, to recognize? I, I love, I love sometimes even people of other religions. Well, you know, we know where Muhammad's buried and we go here for this. And you Christians, you don't have any place. That's the point. He rose from the dead. And he's alive today. And we have, listen, we can have the same hope these guys have. We can go from despair to joy. We can go from in this world that is pretty chaotic, pretty upside down, pretty crazy. And I'm not even talking about the pandemic. I'm talking about everything else. And we can go from that to hope. How? By believing in Jesus Christ, by trusting him. Once again, I don't think anybody here, I don't think it's an intellectual issue, especially after reading this. It's not gonna be an intellectual issue for you. It's gonna be a heart issue, a volition. You can either make a choice to follow him or a choice not to. You have the freedom to do that. Our prayer is, here in a moment, you're gonna make a choice to follow him. Let's stand up and pray. Father, we do thank you, God. We thank you for your grace, and, and Lord, thank you that, uh, God, that, we can have this relationship with you. Thank you that today we can set aside a time where we celebrate you. And Lord, I do pray right now, I pray for, for all of us that God, we would be drawn closer to you, we would be falling more in love with you, we would be, God, staying uh, just tight with you. And I pray for anybody right now who's standing here today that does not know you. Maybe they even know all the facts, but they don't know you. I pray you'd change those hearts right now. Right now as we're lifting this time up to you, work in individuals and draw them to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.